You're listening to the Thriving Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Abby Sanchez, and this is episode three, Mom Guilt at Its Finest. Welcome to the Thriving Nurse Podcast. This is the podcast for nurses who know that to take care of your patients and your families, first, you need to take care of yourself. If you're ready to create a balanced, beautiful, and bold life, you're in the right place. Hey, welcome back. I hope you all had a wonderful Mother's Day. I've got to give a shout out to my mom on here because saying it on Facebook just isn't enough. And now that I've got a podcast going, I should use as many platforms as I can to tell the world how awesome my mom is, right? (laughs) I love my mom. Um, I don't think I've mentioned, but I've got 10 siblings, which I'm told is a lot. And you've got to be pretty crazy to have 11 children. But more than crazy, my mom is insanely patient and compassionate and hardworking, and I admire her a ton. This episode was actually inspired by Mother's Day. I just had a few post-Mother's Day thoughts I wanted to share with you. And I hope you all had a wonderful day, but I know many women struggle with this holiday. Mother's Day can be tough. Some moms struggle with it because either they think they're getting so much praise that they don't deserve because all they can think about are their shortcomings, or they're barely getting recognized at all. And so they take that as a sign that they're not a good mom. So it can bring up a lot of mom guilt. And mom guilt is an extremely uncomfortable feeling, isn't it? Because we know that being a mom is an important job, maybe the most important job. And we love our children fiercely. And so we want to provide the best for them. And so when we don't feel like we're measuring up, it's easy to let that guilt creep in. And I think many of us believe that if we were just doing it right, if we were just a better mom, then we wouldn't have to feel that uncomfortable feeling of mom guilt ever again. That would be wonderful. But the truth is that mom guilt has nothing to do with our actions. No matter how good of a mom you are, mom guilt will always be available to you. And that's why I want to talk about it today, because as working moms, I know we struggle with that. You might feel some guilt because you feel like you're putting so much time and energy into your job, and your family's just getting the leftovers. So you feel kind of guilty about that, right? You wanna be giving your family the best. But guess what? If you were a stay-at-home mom, you could feel some mom guilt for not contributing directly to your family's income, or for not using your education, or doing it all. Moms could feel guilty because their kids get too much screen time. Or a mom could feel guilty because her child doesn't have a cell phone, and they're angry with her about that. Some moms might feel guilty because their kids never want to cuddle with them. My daughter isn't much of a cuddler, and sometimes I think if I were a really good mom, if she really loved me, she'd want to snuggle up with me. Because that's what kids do to awesome moms, right? They snuggle with them. But another mom whose kid always wants to be in their arms could feel some guilt because you just want to get away from your children for a little while. The guilt has nothing to do with our actions. And so no matter how perfect you are as a mom, that guilt will always be available to you. Now, I don't tell you this to be a Debbie Downer, to say you're doomed to always feel that awful mom guilt. I'm actually sharing this with you because I think it's very good news. Mom guilt is always an option, but it's not always an option you have to choose. 
So in this episode, I want to show you when guilt is useful and when it's not, so you can choose whether you want to hold on to it or if maybe you want to let it go. All right, let's start off by talking about when guilt is useful for us. Who are my true crime fans out there? I used to be obsessed. I read like every Anne Rule book out there. (laughs) And I say used to because I realized I would never get married if I didn't cut myself off because I was starting to get suspicious that all men were serial killers. Turns out that's not the best foundation for marriage. But if you guys love true crime, you should check out Anne Rule's book, The Stranger Beside Me. It's crazy. She worked with Ted Bundy at a crisis hotline and was contracted to write a book about all these murders happening in Seattle. And they were the murders Ted Bundy was committing. And so while they worked together, she would talk to him about this book deal she had. And they kind of became friends. Like, she was 20 years older than him, so she was more of a mentor to him and kind of took him under her wing. And then once he became a suspect, they stayed in touch, and she has letters in the book that they sent to each other while he was in prison. Pretty crazy. You should definitely check it out unless you're a scaredy cat like me and can't handle that kind of thing. But even though I'm super chicken, I still find it fascinating because serial killers are out there murdering people and not feeling a shred of guilt while we're here feeling guilty for feeding our children goldfish crackers. That's pretty crazy, right? Kind of terrifying. But it reminds me that when I feel guilt, it's not a bad thing. I'm very glad that my guilt function is working because it means I'm not a sociopath. Since guilt, and especially mom guilt, is so uncomfortable, we interpret it that it means we're a bad person. But that's not it at all. It's actually a sign that you are considerate of how your behavior affects other people. So it's not a sign you're a bad person. It's a sign that you're very caring and you want to be even better. So we don't want to turn off our guilt. It can be very useful to us. This is what Stephen Hayes would refer to as clean pain. Dr. Hayes is a psychologist who specializes in commitment and acceptance therapy. And he helps people look at different types of emotional suffering. And the first type he teaches about is clean pain. And that's an uncomfortable emotion that serves an important purpose. So it's an emotion that feels appropriate for the situation, or it helps you process an event, and it can be very cleansing. So think about if you lose your job, how do you want to feel? Do you want to feel super excited and happy about that? Maybe, (laughs) but usually no. Usually you want to feel some disappointment. You want to feel concerned about how you're going to pay your bills and take care of your family's needs. Those are very appropriate emotions, and it could be useful to you to process the situation. And then once you've gotten through that part, then you want to start feeling more motivation and curiosity, and that's going to help move you forward, right? But first, you might need to feel some of that clean pain. And guilt can be clean pain. It can be very useful. It can propel us to take better actions in our lives. When my daughter was first born, my husband and I put this giant plastic bag right next to our washing machine. So when we came home, we could just chuck our scrubs in that bag and keep it separate from all the baby clothes and the other laundry. And when I first put it there, it did cross my mind that Plastic bags are dangerous to have around little kids. 
But at the time, I wasn't worried about it. My daughter was in that beautiful stage where I could set her down and walk away, and she would stay right there. Oh, man, sometimes I really miss that stage. But at the time, I was like, it's not a problem. She's not going to get into the bag. So I left it. But then after she got more mobile, whenever I'd be doing laundry and I'd see that big plastic bag, I'd get little prickles of guilt. But I kind of justified it. I was like, you know, she can't even open the door to get in here. She's never come near the bag. It's not a problem. So I'd get distracted and go do other things. But then the next time I'd be doing laundry and see the bag, I'd feel that guilt again. So one day I stopped and I decided to pay attention to it. Because when we have an emotion, usually it's for a reason, right? So I stopped and asked myself, am I violating one of my values? Because that's what guilt's for, right? It's to give us a little nudge, like, hey, you might be going against one of your morals, or maybe you're just neglecting one a little bit. So I stopped and asked myself, am I violating one of my values? And I realized, yes, I was, because I value my role to keep my daughter safe and to prevent any harm from coming to her. And so I thought, yeah, I could do a better job with that. I want to make a change. So I got rid of the big plastic bag and we put a big linen bag there. And then I was guilt-free, right? The guilt had served its purpose. And I was grateful for it because it helped me make a change to live more in line with my values. So guilt can be very useful. It can be clean pain. But sometimes we can overdo it. I like to think of guilt as an ingredient in a recipe. And guilt is the salt. A little goes a long way. You just need a pinch. But you want a whole bunch of other things. You want other spices or flour and sugar, other things that taste good. You don't want salt to be the overpowering flavor. And that's how it is with guilt in our lives. Sometimes we need a little pinch of guilt. But we want our driving emotions to be compassion and motivation and confidence. So guilt can serve its purpose, but we don't want to stay in it too long. And when we do, when we pile on the guilt, it can turn into shame. And shame is what Dr. Hayes would refer to as dirty pain. It is guilt without the benefits. It does not drive our best actions. It tells us to play small. It tells us we're a bad person that we should hide. So it actually takes us further away from who we want to be. Often we think if we give ourselves a mental beating, that will encourage us to change. Think about when you're trying to eat better. If you slip up and eat a carton of Ben & Jerry's half-baked ice cream, you might feel kind of disappointed in yourself that you didn't hold to your commitment. But if you keep beating yourself up and you start feeling shame, is that going to make you eat better? That's not what happens for me. I want to eat another pint of Ben & Jerry's ice cream. I want to go sit and watch Netflix for a while. So when we feel shame, it often escalates the problem. And sometimes because we're afraid of feeling guilt, because it is uncomfortable, we avoid it. And that can cause it to escalate into shame, which again doesn't serve us. Last summer, I had an experience with this. I was driving up to Portland every few weeks to visit a friend who was in the hospital. And I live in Southern Oregon, so it's about four and a half hours up to Portland. And I'd be taking my daughter, who was about nine months old at the time, with me. And that was a long trip for a little baby. Four and a half hours up, stay a few days, and four and a half hours back. 
And not only that, but she couldn't come with me to the hospital when I was visiting my friend. And so she would have to stay with my parents who live in the area. And so I started to feel some guilt for shaking up her whole routine. But I didn't want to feel the guilt. I didn't think it was fair because I knew that visiting my friend was exactly what I needed to be doing. And so I was like, I shouldn't be feeling guilty for this. And I pushed it away. But when we push away our emotions, they intensify. So that guilt fizzled under the surface and turned into some underlying shame. But that shame didn't help me. When I was around my daughter in between those visits to the hospital, I felt kind of needy. I wanted her to cuddle with me more and be excited to see me as a way to reassure me that I was a good mom. And when she got fussy, I'd let her eat more treats or stay up from a nap. Like I had to compensate her for her stress. And so because I felt guilty for being a bad mom, it actually took me further from the mom I wanted to be. I was needy and inconsistent in my parenting. And when we're parenting from shame, that's not our best parenting, right? We parent so much better when we're coming from a place of confidence and compassion for ourselves and our children. So to help me know if something is clean pain or dirty pain, I ask myself, does this feel appropriate? Does it feel cleansing? And is it driving my best actions? If it's not, if it's just adding more negative emotion, then I realize it's dirty pain. And I know if I want to, when I'm ready, I can get rid of it. Guilt is an emotion, right? And we know that all of our emotions come from our thoughts. We have a thought, and that causes our body to release a hormone. And as that hormone cycles through our body, it creates sensations. And that's what we call an emotion. So if I don't think an emotion is useful to me, I can change it at any time by changing the thought that's kicking off that whole chain of events. So taking the example, if you lose your job, you might have some thoughts like, that's not what I was hoping for. I really liked this job. I was planning on staying there for a while. I'm going to miss my coworkers. And so those thoughts would generate some clean pain. You'd be kind of sad and disappointed, which is appropriate for the situation. You might need to feel that for a little while. But you could add a whole bunch of dirty pain as well. You could have thoughts like, I bet everyone at work is talking about me. Or you could think, I'm not going to be able to find another job and my family's going to have to move and that's going to mess everything up for my kids. What kind of emotions do those thoughts create? Not very useful ones. They make you kind of paranoid and anxious. You don't need to feel those emotions. They're not going to move you forward and help you find a new job. They're just adding more pain to the natural pain that you already are going to feel. And it's okay. Sometimes you're going to create dirty pain in your life. And you might even be aware of it. But just know that that dirty pain is optional. And when you're ready, you can let it go. And don't get me wrong here. I'm definitely not saying that if you have clinical depression or anxiety, that you need to just think happy thoughts and it'll all go away. Because if you have those kinds of disorders, then there's something going on in your body, some chemical imbalances that are causing those things for you. Just like we wouldn't tell someone who's diabetic to just think happy thoughts to cure their diabetes, that's not at all what I'm saying for your anxiety or depression. 
If you struggle with those things, then it could be very helpful to talk to a medical professional and maybe get some medication management to help you. But I do think that these tools still apply. They can help you not add more negative emotion on top of those other things. So if you want to minimize dirty pain in your life, the way to do that is to find new thoughts that generate more empowering emotions. So I want to give you some thoughts that I find helpful when I'm ready to let go of some of that dirty pain. I know a lot of moms, including myself, can start to feel mom guilt when our house is a mess. Have you ever seen those signs some people hang? They say, excuse the mess, my children are making memories. Those people are using that sign as a reminder that they can think something else about the mess. They don't have to think it makes them a bad mom, that they're lazy, that they're failing in some way. Instead, they're reminding themselves that this mess is a sign of the love and joy that's in our house. A few weeks ago, my husband took our daughter on a trip with him to a wedding out of town, and they were gone for five glorious days. <laughs> of course, I missed them and was excited when they were back, but I'm not going to lie, those five days were real nice to have the whole house to myself. And I remember the morning they left, I realized if I clean the house right now, it will be clean for five days. I have never cleaned the house so fast. But then my husband and daughter got home, and of course, things got messy again. But I looked at the mess a little differently. Instead of looking at the mess and feeling overwhelmed or guilty or irritated by it, I looked at it and was like, oh, I'm so glad they're here. I've missed them. And so thinking that thought generated a lot more love than the thoughts my brain normally wants to go to on default. Another thought I tell myself is, it's a good thing it looks like a child lives here, because one does. I don't know if any of you guys feel this way, but sometimes when I'm having company over, I feel like I'm trying to hide the evidence that I have a child, like stashing all the toys away, trying to clean up any crumbs. I want it to look like only responsible adults live here. But when I catch myself in that mindset, I just remind myself, it's a good thing it looks like a child lives here, because one does. This is exactly what my house is supposed to look like right now. The mess doesn't mean something's wrong. There's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with my home. It's all good. As working moms, I know another pain point for us can be that when we get home from work, maybe when you have your days off or if you're a night shifter after you get home in the morning and you just want to rest, we can feel guilty for not having a bunch of energy to give our children. So sometimes I come home from work and I just want to sit on the couch. I don't have the energy to take my daughter to the park or to the library or even to get down on the floor and play with her. And sometimes I feel that mom guilt creep in. I think about how children need a nurturing environment, how I need to be talking to her and reading to her and playing with her in order for her to develop socially and to build her imagination. And I know those things are so important and so I can feel guilty when I don't think I'm providing that environment. But I know that if I beat myself up, then now I'm just going to be tired and exhausted and shameful. And that's not going to drive better parenting for me. And so in those cases, I like to remember my child's having the exact life experience she needs. Because yes, my daughter needs a nurturing environment. She needs me to play with her and be fun and engaging sometimes. But sometimes, 
She needs to learn how to play by herself. It's good for kids to be bored sometimes. And maybe if she sees me tired on the couch, over time she'll learn to be considerate of other people's feelings. She'll realize, oh, mom's exhausted. She needs a break sometimes. And if I advocate for my needs, if I am willing to stand up for that time that I need to rest, then as she gets older, I hope she'll do the same. I hope she'll be willing to set boundaries with people and advocate for her own self-care needs. And sometimes it goes beyond that. Sometimes I'm not just tired, but maybe I'm downright grumpy. And of course, when we think we truly did something wrong, it's easy to beat ourselves up. But again, that's probably not the best option. I like to remind myself that I'm the perfect mom for my daughter, flaws and all. A lot of times we hope that our children will turn out okay despite our flaws, that our strengths are big enough that they can compensate for all the weaknesses we have. But I like to remember that it's all part of the package of what makes me a good mom. Even if I'm grumpy, my daughter needs to learn how to be around grumpy people. She's going to face a lot of them in her life. She needs to know how to communicate with them, how to be patient, how to forgive. And most importantly, when I am grumpy and I make mistakes, I want to be an example to my daughter of how to apologize and admit when she did something wrong. And as she sees me do that, hopefully she'll learn that when she makes mistakes, it doesn't mean she's a terrible person. She can apologize and she can move forward. So I want to be an example of those things. And in order to demonstrate that to her, I need to be imperfect. And thank goodness I am. So practice allowing guilt when it's useful to you and dismissing it if it's not. But remember, even when guilt is useful, you just need a pinch. And then it's way more fun to let compassion and inspiration take over. So instead of making changes because you're worried you're not enough, it's way more fun to make those changes because you know you're awesome and you're excited to see what you can offer to the world. I'll leave you with one last example. When I was in my early 20s, my best friend had a sweet job. She worked for a catering company, and after weddings or other big events, she got to bring the leftover treats home. So we created this kind of ritual where on the weekend, we'd have a sleepover, we'd throw on our comfy sweats and cuddle up on the couch and binge watch a season of Friends or Gilmore Girls or whatever we were into at the time. And the whole time, we would snack on the treats she had gotten to bring home from work. And one night we were having one of these sleepovers and I went downstairs to get a piece of cheesecake. And as I opened the big white catering box, I realized there was only one piece of cheesecake left. And so I knew I was going to have to share it because me and my friend are both huge cheesecake lovers. So I cut the piece of cheesecake in half and put it on two different plates. And as I brought it over to my friend, I did one of those sneaky glances and I measured up the sizes of the pieces and I gave her the smaller half. And as we ate, I felt a little bit of guilt creep in. I was like, you know what? The difference in the pieces was maybe half a bite. It really wasn't a big deal. But as I thought about it later, I just had this little thought that was, did you know you could be even better? And that kind of excited me. I was like, you know what? I could be even better. 
I want to be the kind of person who's always generous with my friends. I want to be the kind of person who always gives them the bigger half. And so that's what I decided I was going to do. From then on, I'd always give my friends the bigger half. And it felt amazing. It was just such a small change. And it didn't come from shame and guilt. It came from love for myself and for my friend and from a desire to get just a little bit closer to the person I want to be. And that's such a fun place to make changes from. So remember, as a mom, you're not going to be perfect. And that's okay. But if you do want to make changes in your life, the best way is to do it from a place of love. So keep rocking it, my friends. Have a beautiful week, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. If you like what you're learning on the Thriving Nurse Podcast, then make sure to subscribe and head on over to iTunes to leave a review. That's the best way to help other nurses find this podcast so we can cure burnout together. 